We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And the Nets bounce back. Jack got the win over the Knicks tonight, 114-112. No James Harden, no Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving led the show, and they got the dub. How are we feeling? Goddamn Kai time. <laughs> Goddamn Kai time. Spot on, Jack. Before we jump into it, as always, you can find the Brooklyn Buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Jack, where do you want to start with this one? Uh, let's start, I guess, with Kyrie Irving, Nick. There was highlights of plenty. He he crossed Julius Randle all the way back to New Orleans and back again. He was... And look, it was good defense from Julius Randle on a couple of possessions of Kyrie Irving, but he just made him look silly. And, and I mean, he, he was absolutely incredible tonight, especially with... You know, what was ultimately going to be a bit of a downer of a game, especially after that sort of first five, six minutes, James Harden gets subbed off uh, because of the, the hamstring injury, re-aggravating that, and we're just like, man, it's going to be a tough game. You know, the, the Knicks have got the, some deep talent. You know, they're they're going to be motivated. They don't want to get swept by. Their crosstown rivals, Julius Reynolds, in good form. RJ Barrett's playing nice. The Reggie Bullock's in goddamn everything from three. But Kyrie Irving was just awesome. And it sort of, I was I was really happy to see that the Nets are really able to fight again. You know, we've talked in, on different podcasts about the the level of desire, motivation, and fight and grittiness from this team. You know, and, and it, it was all of that and more tonight uh, in, in this game. And there were some mistakes. And, you know, Kyrie Irving even owned up to them himself in, in the postgame with Michael Grady, which is something I really like. You know, just he's just like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the fans at home and stuff. It's just like, Kai, you're good, man. We love you so much. You just keep smiling, man, and um, no one's ever going to stop loving you, especially Nets fans. But uh, Kyrie Irving, Nick, just what a star. What a goddamn yeah. star. 
He really put on a show. You mentioned James Harden played four minutes and 22 seconds this game. Kevin Durant's still out. Blake Griffin is out. Landry Shamit's out. Tyler Johnson's out. So really, the only playmaker and creator was Kyrie Irving and occasionally Chris Chioza. So a lot of credit to Kyrie with all the pressure he got tonight. Still dropped 40 points, 15 of 28 from the field, 5 of 12 from three, seven assists. You know, just really led the team and made sure they got this win. And you saw him encouraging guys even when they were down 10. And that's something we've been talking about. Him as a leader, he's kind of stepped up in that area and really encouraging some of the younger guys. And he even got Alizé Johnson going a little bit. Yeah, I thought that just his ability as a point guard combined with his, you know, we've sort of raved about his point guard skills of late, Nick, you know, the sort of quote-unquote pure point guard passing facilitating skills. But I thought he balanced that with the, the ability to be like, I'm going to have to get a 40-piece yeah. for, for us to get the W. And, you know, he was able to to make Alizé Johnson look good in a way that you would probably expect James Harden to do with other teammates yeah. um, in, in, in games past. You Very know, Harden-esque thing. on a lot of those outlet passes. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, he did some just some great things with TLC as well. You know, despite the fact that TLC was, you know, it was a TLC kind of performance, and you know, we'll get to him in a little bit. But Kyrie Irving just had highlights of plenty, whether it was bullying Peyton down low, or you know, just getting goddamn double pump fake dunks, whatever you want to call yeah. them. Get him in the dunk contest in 2022. He'll probably provide a bit of entertainment. There's no, he'll probably beat Ovi Toppin. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, but in, in all seriousness, Nick, uh, another absolutely masterful performance from Kyrie Irving tonight. And, you know, with the Harden injury dampening uh, and putting a sour on it all, we're going to need him to keep doing this sort of thing. And hopefully Kevin Durant helps ease that burden next game or the game after. 100%. And I mean, he shot five free throws tonight. I felt like he deserved maybe seven to nine in this one. A lot of contact and guys like, you know, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Alfred Payton getting calls and Kyrie not. That's kind of frustrating. I am slightly concerned with his catch and shoot three point shot. It's been a little bit off. I want to say almost all of his makes were on step back or like sidestep threes. I think maybe one catch and shoot, but he's been struggling with that a little bit over the last couple of games. I think it's a slight it's slump. Yeah, I think for me, it's the above the break three sometimes, mm. Nick. He's, he's better off the pull-up than the, the catch and shoot. Yeah. And I think some of that is just a rhythm thing where you're able, for him, it just seems like he's able to get a, a bit more strength when he and a bit more rhythm, similar to like Karis LeVert in seasons yeah. past. Um, but obviously, Kyrie Irving is a, a much more advanced shooter in, in all levels uh, than Karis LeVert, despite the, the level that we have for CLV. But yeah, in all honesty, you know, the fact that that three ball was back, it was just like, you know, we, we've seen him you know, struggle a little bit from there. And again, very small sample size of, of struggles for him. He is one of the best three-point shooters in the league at the position. You know, it's, it's him, it's Steph, and it's Dame. Uh, and he was shooting him like uh, both of those superstars as well. Yeah, I mean, the, in that right wing spot or left wing, whatever way you're looking at it, you know, where he hit the shot in the finals in which they were reviewing on the broadcast, he's just straight money from there. And when he snatched Julius Randle's ankles, man, that was just some disgusting stuff. It was goddamn filthy. I was, I'm home alone right now. I'm clapping. I'm probably going to get some noise complaints from some of my neighbors soon enough. But man, he was just, it, there was just no other player. I, I was like tonight to, to some of the other shots as well, like some of his bank shots. And I was just like, Kai, what are you doing? Come on. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Good. Yep. All right. Keep taking those, Kai. He makes the bad look good. And he's just, he's the biggest, like, there has to be like some. There's that many advanced stats, Nick. Yep. We need to get like some advanced analytics on what the f shots because yeah. Kyrie Irving would have been like eighty percent from the field on those and would be leading the league by a goddamn you know in a very extended margin. Love how he uses the glass. He's certainly got some Kobe Bryant, Kobe being Bryant in him, and he's just a, 
incredibly strong player as well. I want to give him yeah. a, a bit of love there too for a dude that's, you know, 6'2", a, a couple of inches shorter than me, probably your height. Um, he's got a, a immense strength, composure, poise, body control. Uh, he's got it all. Yeah, and I mean, that shot he hit in the first quarter where he looked like he got fouled and he hit the shot going down, that's like one of the most difficult shots you'll see all season. And we're talking left. about just one. With yeah. his left. I would, okay, it feels like we're going to probably miss some of the shots, guys, that Kyrie Irving hit tonight. So hit me and Nick in the DMs up if we, we did miss anything and we'll try and make sure we get to all of them in some form or another way that we do a little a solo periscope or something and just analyze every Kyrie Irving shot. But in all honesty, Nick, that shot as well, like I, I forgot about it because it was so early on in the game. How does it, like how? That's yeah. all I have to ask. How? How, Nick? How? You mentioned how strong he is. It's a lot of like great core strength. You know what I mean? Like off balance and still being able to kind of use your arm and get enough strength to push the ball up as you're falling down at a ridiculous angle. Cause it's not like he was straight up. He was like falling backwards. So, like you said, I mean, it's to the point where we can only mention a handful of the highlights because there's literally so many every game. Yeah, I might, uh, I've got some good OnlyFans content with Joe Harris. Got some nice, <laughs> some nice extra ones tonight. I've got my... You could just do a Kyrie Irving layup package. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to do a TikTok and uh, open up a TikTok and just get my face and reactions, reacting yeah. to Kyrie Irving shots. I'm sure people want to see this ugly Aussie mug reacting to Kyrie Irving and his just goddamn beauty on the court. He he does everything, Nick. I, I don't understand like how how he does it. Like I I, I truly. It boggles just regular logic, and bo it boggles basketball logic. It boggles just basic, just like I, I, I find it hard to comprehend what he does in the basketball court, and just the ability to execute it so easily and flawlessly and so efficiently. Like a lot of these guys will take these bad shots, and it's just like, all right, okay, you got to stop doing that. But yeah. Kai takes them, and he makes the bad shots look good. You know, yeah. if Paul George was ever guarding Kyrie Irving, I wouldn't want to hear his post game. <laughs> conference that's for sure no that's really fair and obviously you know Kyrie like we said led the show with the other stars being out and the other role players being out he was great tonight who do you think was the second best net tonight Jack uh, it's a hard question I'm gonna give it to Jeff Green I thought okay. Jeff Green when it really did matter really did step up in a big way you know obviously got the free throws at the end to, to ice it for us um he was just and you know he's still dunking like a goddamn 25 year old not the 34 year old that he does and he got to the line 13 times i thought his aggression was really really good um but i thought it was a real team performance outside of that you know i thought it was like you know you can make a 2a 2b 2c 2d 2e yeah. Uh, in, in a lot of respects, but, you know, Jeff Green, 36 minutes, 60-15 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 9 of 13 from the free throw line, thankfully hit the, the final two, those are the ones that did matter, had a couple of boards as well, 23 points for him, I mean, we need him in, in the biggest way, especially in the absence of uh, so much uh, of our rotation, and uh, whoever it is, you know, he is one of the most talented players on this roster right now, and that's saying a lot for him, you know, he is uh, producing at a level that he might be one of the best contracts in the league, Nick, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah, I thought defensively. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did a really nice job on Julius Randle. You know, obviously Randle's improved a ton this season and he's become an all-star, but he held him to 7 of 19. And I love to see the matchup sh- uh, stats specifically for Green versus Randle because I thought he did a nice job. He also did a nice job helping on a couple different possessions. And like you said, Jack, you know, just stepping up. I think he realized in that fourth quarter, like, hey, my jumper's a little off. But these guys really are terrible inside. They're in foul trouble already. Julius Randle's not a great defender. Let me attack and get 13 free throws. You know what I mean? That's the difference in the game right here. So credit to Jeff Green, like you said. Thought he really was a solid performance. And we've talked about it in the past. He just kind of steps up when the other starts are out. Like, hey, I know I don't need to score 20 every night. But in a night like this, they really needed that 20 from uh, Jeff Green. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G, because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Big time. Who else do you want to give some love to, Nick? I thought actually Joe Harris was in contention for the second best net tonight. He's thought... rebounding tonight, Nick. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Four Obviously... offensive boards. Like he led the team in offensive rebounding, like that would never, that will never have happened in Joe Harris's career. No, like <laughs> it, I, I know the stats, I know every single box score in Joe Harris's career. He has never look. Don't quote me on that, but in all honesty, I, it was a masterful performance in in so many different ways outside of the shooting. Like he was just incredible in his in his physicality that he brought out there. Yep. It seems to me that the Knicks sort of brought that side out of him in a way. You know, they have a high level of physicality. They've got big bruising dudes that really sort of make you work. You had two steals as well, 16 points, two of three from three, seven of eleven from the field. You know, his obvious driving game was really on tonight. I liked yep. his passing game too. Um, he was he was awesome tonight, Nick. You know, him and you know, they had to be Joe Harris and Jeff Green had to be our second and third or you know, interchangeably yeah. best players with James Harden now, and they stepped up. They really did. And I thought it was a solid game defensively for Joe. He really didn't get exposed a ton in this one, too. And like you said, Jack, the Knicks play good defense. You know, one of the best defenses in the league. They might lead the league in defensive rating at this current moment. So they're going to run guys off the three-point line. They're going to make you work. And they made Joe work, and he took advantage of a lot of those hard closeouts. And we saw him drive to the rim and get a couple lanes. And like you said, four offensive rebounds. I mean, he might have led the team in offensive rebounding before with maybe like one or two or something on a random night. But like you said, I've never seen him have four offensive rebounds and really meaningful ones, especially that one in the fourth quarter. Order when Kyrie was on the bench, Joe had that little spurt, and that's what the Nets really needed. 
Yeah, I thought the team overall were, was great in the rebounding department, especially yep. in the second half. I thought that's what really gave us life. And, you know, it was the defense. It was the defensive rebounding. It was the offensive rebounding. It was Joe Harris. It was Alizé Johnson. It was it was all these sort of dudes. It was Claxton getting down there as yep. well, showing his rebounding prowess. TLC chipping in a little bit too. I thought LaMarcus Aldridge showed some good fight down there when he was out there. Uh, for, the game for was pretty much won on an offensive rebound, right? It, it really was. TLC chipped it to Jeff Green. That, that was really clever. You know, I, I think we've got to give it a TLC a lot of credit there. And, you know, obviously Joe Harris had an incredible night and um, we can rave about him for, for plenty of occasions. But we do have to show TLC some love. Despite the fact that the box score doesn't look as nice as it probably is, nine points, two or seven from the field, four of four, four, four from the free throw line, did have three boards, including that little, uh, I don't know if it was, that was the offensive board that counted for him or, or if it counted for Jeff Green, but he did have three assists, did have a steal, did have a block, was showing some love and some fight against Julius Randle yep. as well. Talking some smack in French. I need to uh, start learning up my French, get my Duolingo or one of those, you know, language apps and start learning what TLC was probably saying. And he probably was telling Frank Nilakina about it after the game as well. <laughs> Uh, but but in all honesty, Nick, you know, there was some, you know, I, I didn't mind the the bit of the yak, the dunk, and then uh, missing it because I, I, I wanted the, it was cool seeing the sort of team get up for him. I, I, I love the team atmosphere, the, the family vibes, and, and the love that everyone's showing down there. But I thought TLC was solid tonight. I, I thought that he was important to, to the team, and we needed him. You know, it was a, a little bit frustrating to see him be the first guy come off the bench after James Harden's injury. But honestly, you know, when you are lacking in wing talent, uh, TLC has to be that guy that has to play some minutes and yes Alizé Johnson looks much better on on the box score and he probably could have closed the game uh, as well but I thought TLC he did have another brain fart as well where Kyrie Irving made a great defensive play and TLC's eyes were just in the back of his head and it's just like dude just grab the ball TLC, uh, yeah. Kyrie made like a great defensive play don't let the ball just go out of bounds and Kyrie Irving turned into basically Nets Twitter and had a bit of a grumble at him but yeah, what were your thoughts on his performance? Yeah, I thought he was solid. I think there was less of those bonehead plays. You know, you mentioned that one. I think maybe there was another one at some point. I can't recall specifically, but I don't remember him fouling on any closeouts, which is always pretty important because he didn't foul on the three-point shot for Reggie Bullock. That was Kyrie. So, and then also zero turnovers. You know, I think that's something you look at for TLC. He's kind of staying within himself. You know, on the, the poster attempt, I would say try with two hands first <laughs> before you kind of go for that Vince Carter type dunk. But overall, you know, like you said, Jack, Steve Nash was limited tonight. Like there was a lot of guys out. And if TLC had a terrible game, the Nets probably lose this one. The fact that he was just, you know, okay, plus one, I think that's good enough for the Nets to get the win. And that's what really mattered. I thought he did a good job tonight, Steve Nash, in terms of the rotation, going a little bit deeper, going 10 deep, obviously forced to go 10 deep with, yep. with James Harden now. You know, 17 minutes for Alizé Johnson, 17 for Clax, 21 for Bruce Brown. I thought Chioza, despite the fact that, you know, I, I liked that mid-range shot more than the, than the three-point shot that he did hit tonight. You know, he obviously had a couple of dimes as well, but he was plus 12 when he was out there. You know, he, he wasn't a net negative. He wasn't, you know, getting switched on to Julius Randle or yep. RJ Barrett or these sort of dudes. He was able to be hidden defensively, and it led to the, the Nets making a comeback when he was out there and, and actually extending the lead when Kyrie Irving was on the bench. Yeah, that that unit, I think, what was it? Chris Chioza, Bruce Brown, Alizé Johnson, Nick Claxton, and TLC. Like, they didn't even have a Joe Harris and Aldridge or a Kyrie on the floor. And that unit was able to go on that run at the end of the third quarter leading into the fourth. And that was really the difference in the game. So credit to these guys. And Chioza did a solid job, obviously. You know, it's sometimes tough watching him with that lack of offensive scoring ability. But you're right, Jack. He does get things going, especially in transition. He does have great vision. You know, was able to put guys in position where they could at least score or have an opportunity to score.
Yeah, I mean, as a, a guy on a two-way contract, you can do much, much worse than yeah. having Chris Chioza at the end of your rotation. And obviously, with the amount of injuries to Landry Shaman and Tyler Johnson, who yep. would have provided that similar sort of role to what Chioza did tonight, I thought he was was capable enough in those minutes. And again, plus 12, you know, despite the fact that the box score says a lot of other things, 0 of 2 from 3, 1 of 4 from the field. Um, I'm looking at that plus 12 and, and you know, the, only the two turnovers. I thought that he was a, a positive out there and was a, you know, a solid reason why the Nets were able able to maintain an ascendancy and get guys open and just, you know, get the ball flowing, get that energy, keep that, keep that just momentum for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And that stretch was huge. Like I said, I, that was a momentum changing stretch and credit to Chios and a lot of those guys. And you mentioned Alizé Johnson before. I want to talk about him a little bit. The rebounding really pops just the energy and the effort level constantly. We talked about this when the Nets first brought him on, like he's going to be hungry. He wants an NBA contract. And at first, to be honest, I didn't think he really had a shot at getting this last roster spot. And now I think it's something that's becoming a little bit more realistic. At the end of the day, I'd really like for him to get the two-way spot at minimum. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to get on. I was chatting to you in the DMs. I want him on that Lou Dort basic yeah. or TLC or Rodion's court sort of, you know, four-year, $7 million, $9 million, yeah. $10 million sort of contract because this dude has something. He has athleticism. He A lot of people are sort of comparing him to sort of like a wing-sized Bruce Brown, and I see it. You know, I see the athleticism. I see the activity. I see the desire. I see the aggression. You know, sometimes he can get bullied a little bit, and sometimes yeah. you look at his feet. He's just moving so much and sometimes Klax does that as well but I think Klax has a bit more balance whereas yeah. Alizé is almost overexerting himself sometimes when he gets the switches on the big dudes but he also is just showing incredible activity to just run and run and run he's a heck of an athlete and his rebounding tonight was was incredible you know looking at his entire box score 12 points 7 rebounds 6 of 10 from the field had a dime as well I thought his activity were, was great and, and I thought he was a, a really big reason why the Nets because he was out there with the likes of Kyrie Irving at times yep. and it's creating shots you know in that little floater range he was getting out in transition he was making shots around the rim uh, I think that uh, I think Richard Jefferson mentioned a lot of the time you know he knows what he can do and yep. he's not playing he's playing within himself I think I'm directly quoting RJ there and you know I think that having you know guys like him like Bruce Brown just gives you balance uh, in you know when Kyrie Irving's just doing his offensive thing Jeff Green's out there I think you know if he's in lineups you know at, at outside of a TLC or whatever. I don't know, Nick. I, I think this kid's got something. I know K-Wall Hoops is probably going to be pretty happy about it as well. <laughs> and a lot of other people are, are big fans of, of Alizé Johnson. Uh, I think he deserves an NBA contract, and, and hopefully he that is with the Brooklyn Nets because, you know, as a guy in the 12th, 13th in the rotation, and when we are struggling with injuries, Alizé can give you something. Yeah, I mean, you definitely see the value in his game. And like you talked about, Jack, he plays within himself, does a nice job cutting and moving without the basketball and trying to kind of moving to those open spaces. And he's able to attack the offensive board because he hustles. You know, he hustles to get back on defense. Like you said, willing defender, not the biggest guy, but still bigger than some of the other wings in Nets play. So really happy with the play he had in this game and kind of came out of nowhere. And that push slash floater slash, I don't know, hook shot, just very quick. It kind of catches people off guard. And he has that nailed down pretty good. And just inside and playing with the players the Nets have, there's going to be opportunities for him to kind of get those open shots, especially with the three-point shooting they have too. 
Yeah, you've got to provide a point of differentiation if you are yep. a role player on this Nets team. And Alizé Johnson gives you that. Bruce Brown gives you that. Jeff Green gives you that. Joe Harris gives you that. What is your skill? What is it that's going to get you those minutes? Alizé Johnson showed tonight and has showed countless times. It's his rebounding. It's his athleticism. Uh, it's his energy. endurance. It's his energy. It's all those sort of things that you want out of a guy coming off the bench when he's playing either with the starters or, or when it's with the, the bench sort of dudes. The ability to just run and run and run and run. Um, you know, he's a, a heck of a competitor and sometimes energy hustle that is a skill nick and, and he's providing yep. that in spades and talking about another guy who plays with a lot of energy that's nick claxton thought his first half wasn't necessarily great but i felt like he picked it up in the second half defensively too and then rebounding wise he was great offensively he's having a little bit of an issue finding his spots obviously the net's missing some of that offensive talent it's not quite as easy for him to just get the oops and the easy layups yeah, I think he's missing James Harden a lot, Nick, to be yeah. honest. You know, James Harden is... The, a lot of guys the do. <laughs> <laughs> all, DeAndre Jordan probably misses him too. Probably still be in the rotation if James <laughs> Harden was, had it been healthy. But in all honesty, I think he's also going to work a little bit on those free throws. That's one yep. thing he could learn from. I can't help but make the comparison to Jared Allen. I'm sorry if I've done it too much on this podcast. And, you know, you can hit me up in the DMs if I'm doing it too much. But, you know, Jared Allen was always a really, really good free throw shooter. 70 to 75%. Whereas Clax is around that sort of early season DJ style and you know Nolan's Noel you know it's just like he, he could get hacked in, in in important games if he's out there uh, because when you have an incredible offensive uh, firepower and Nicholas Klax is your fifth man out there you know it's almost better to just hack Klax and if he's going to yeah. continue missing his free throws I'm not necessarily sure totally on his stats so far but I'm sure that you know it's an aberration because I'm not sure what his college numbers were I don't necessarily think it's uh, it's necessarily a mechanics issue I think it's something that he can improve but again defensively really really good it was only like one time where I think D-Rose got him off the dribble uh, but then he did get him back in the second and third quarters you know again six boards three offensive boards again providing value there three dimes for him I thought his passing was really really good tonight yep. you and I chatted about that uh, in the DMs too Nick had a steal had a block continuing to impact the game even if he isn't doing it as much offensively yeah, and on the season, I think this is not including tonight, Jack. He shot, uh, he's shooting 54% from the free throw line and shot 52% last season. So, like you said, definitely an area he needs to improve, especially if he wants to be on the floor in big moments. That's That could be a big factor. And obviously, if the Nets are putting out, you know, four offense, elite offensive players and a Kyrie Irving, a James Harden, a Joe Harris, and a, a Kevin Durant, you know, that's, that might be a real option for you. You know what I mean? Even if it's only one of two, it's better than getting a two or a three. So something that definitely Clax needs to work on. And I think this was a game where the Nets couldn't afford to have him on the on the floor for a large chunk of minutes because they probably need a little more of LaMarcus Aldridge's offense. But still, they really didn't use Aldridge a ton offensively either. Yeah, I know you were sort of, you know, like sort of wanting and desiring for him to be used a bit more uh, in the it's post. Weird, because I, I don't even really like, I'm not a giant LaMarcus Aldridge fan, and I'm not a giant fan of post-ups, but it just felt like this was a shot where maybe it would have worked. No, then look, it's, it's a fair point. You know, only eight points. Did have six boards. I thought he rebounded the ball quite well. It, it's almost a stark contrast to Nicholas Claxton, yep. who is just bouncy and athletic as hell, whereas... LaMarcus Aldridge is lumbering a little bit in, in how he sort of moves big. down the floor. Yeah, he's just big. He's not necessarily as fluid. Like, even DJ almost looks like he has more athleticism than Aldridge, but Aldridge makes up for it with offensive talent, desire, and engagement. You know, he did have two blocks, and I did have a steal as well. I thought he looked pretty decent defensively uh, for, 
the most part. And um, I, again, you know, he had a dunk also. I, I just think that, you know, it wasn't his best game, but, you know, th- this is him working at the kinks a little bit. I still think that he's he added value, was plus seven on the night. Um, again, you know, those two, two, two blocks and two assists as well. I think that LaMarcus Aldridge is continuing to prove that, you know, whether he's going to be a starter going forward or whether you have clacks or whether he, he closes games, I think it's just... Better to, like we alluded to uh, at the start of this signing, you know, uh, after his first game or so, better to have those options than to just not have them available because it's just like, well, you got DJ and you got Jeff Green. What else have we got? Well, now we've got yep. Clack, now we've got LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, and you've got Kevin Durant coming back to, to add into Blake sort Griffin. of the Blake Griffin, obviously, as well. The front court rotation just looks better when you have bodies. Yeah, and different matchups for everything. You got counters. And like you said, Jack, you know, Aldridge, I think he does a better job positioning-wise in terms of DeAndre Jordan, a little bit quicker with the hands. And also, like we mentioned, I think in his first matchup, he does better against these centers that don't have a three-point shot. You know, Vucevic had him moving a lot in that Chicago game. This game, you know, Nerlens Noel really doesn't do much offensively other than a couple dunks and maybe a push shot here and there. And I would have probably liked to see him attack Noel a little bit because we saw that one possession where he just manhandled him in the post and Noel ended up on the ground. And like, let's be honest, how I mean, the weight difference has to be close to 50 pounds between those two, if not more. Yeah, it's a better matchup for him than than Clax on Noel because you know Clax uh, he got but he got got by Noel a few times. He's yeah. one of the best shot blockers in the league. And um, in in saying that, like you said, you know the, the physical advantage that Aldridge did have. But I will also say that you know that rebound one that stood out for me from Clax was that one over Gibson, where it's just yeah. like, oh, you've got the longest arms in the world. I'm going to grab this from you and just yak it out of your hands or yak it out of the air. It was a a heck of a board. A lot of strong rebounds from Claxton tonight. And I think Aldridge did a nice job on the rebounding front, too. He's just a big body. You see him fight for those offensive boards. If he had a little bit more pop in those legs, I think he'd be obviously more dominant in that effect, too. So, you know, solid games from the bigs. Nothing crazy, but they did enough for the Nets to get a win. And that's all that matters. You know, yep. you, just, you need the, the solid service from these dudes. If you're not a superstar, you just need solid, capable play from your front court. Yep. I mean, Bruce Brown tonight, not necessarily a huge game for him, but I thought he was good defensively. Yeah, I'm surprised to see that 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 minus 20, you know, I didn't necessarily think that that would be such an inflated number, you know, and you look, you look at the three, three assists, five boards, you know, four points, um, and I, I really liked, you know, his ability to create for himself uh, in, in at the start of the game where, where, where James Harden had just gone off and, and Bruce sort of had to go out there and the team was lacking a little bit. And he's like, you know what, I can take it off the dribble here. I'm going to I'm yeah. going to be point guard Bruce a, a little. So, look, Bruce is going to continue to do a, a few things here and there. And I just thought that the depth of the rotation tonight, you know, he might not have been the best player out there. And, you know, minus 20 doesn't look good on paper. Uh, it, but I still think that he did give the, the team some moments. Yeah, he does get, always gives you energy and toughness. I mean, I think it's just his deficiencies can stick out a little bit more if guys aren't shooting well from three. And I think in that first half, the Nets struggled a little bit from three. And even throughout the night, they just weren't hitting necessarily all their shots other than maybe a Joe Harris. And even yeah. Kyrie was 5 of 12, too. So, But a lot of the other guys, they weren't necessarily generating those three-point looks and generating the spacing. And credit to the Knicks, they do a nice job of shrinking the floor. Yeah, I mean, the... The Knicks have been one of the best teams in the league at preventing or you know, limiting teams that, with their three-pointers. And some of that you might say is outliers and some of that you might say is luck. And But tonight, you know, the, the Nets themselves weren't really great from the three-point line, 10 of 32. Um, and some of that was good defense, like you alluded to earlier, preventing Joe Harris from taking a, a heap of those shots. And some of them is a, a little bit fluky. Uh, but they do a good job of that. And, and Tom Thibodeau is a really solid defensive coach. They've, they've got a system there that works. And um, they're 
they're a tough team. And, you know, if we see them in the postseason, it's going to be feisty and it's going to be a, a heck of a grind. Yeah, they definitely make you earn the win. And obviously tonight the Nets weren't their most talented team because they're missing so many guys. So like you kind of alluded to earlier, Jack, just nice to see them grind out a game. It's not something we see a ton this season, but with the injuries, it's something they might have to do moving forward because like we talked about, James Harden left this game after four minutes and change of play. What's your concern level on James Harden right now, Jack? Got some news from Matt Brooks, Nick. Um, this is via Steve Nash. He says, we can't risk it if we can afford not to. Says Steve, uh, said Steve Nash of James Harden's injury. Mentions that the scan is clean, but he's not sure whether it lingers or not. So it's an interesting one because it's been tightness and yeah. there's no tear. And we know that there was a tear and um, some deep bleeding for Kevin Durant and such and grade one to a grade two or whatever for him. But on James Harden sort of thing, you know, whether th this season and just a, a heavy load or whatever, or whether the fact that he's now in his 30s is starting to catch up to him a little bit. I know a lot of other people are sort of, you know, arguing about the Nets training stuff or whatever, but, you know, I put out a tweet about the, the list of NBA players that are injured, and I still could have filled up probably yeah. a, another couple of tweets with, with players that were out injured because I think that this season, Nick, I, I mentioned... Coming out as the outlet, JBT, or just one of the general NBA pods about the fact that this season is so condensed. And I was sort of comparing it to the the restart of the, the NBA, uh, the EPL Premier League, uh, the English Premier League soccer. And the fact that they had such a condensed schedule led to a lot of muscle injuries and, and a lot of uh, sort of injuries in that department where it's overuse um, and, and just a lack of conditioning and a lack of rest, and, and which is, makes you more susceptible to those hamstrings, uh, to those calf injuries uh, and the like. I think we're starting to see that not just for the Brooklyn Nets, but for the season overall. And ultimately, you know, James Harden's going to want to be out there. And if, if he if he got the green light, I totally trust the training stuff. You know, they know way yeah. more than we do. Um, who is it up to the people to just go throw some Twitter fingers out there uh, and sort of just go, you know what, the Nets have a problem with their training stuff here, which is like, and then the other, the same people will be arguing about the fact that why isn't James Harden out there? Why aren't we getting, the, it's just like, you can't have it both ways. You yeah. know, you would, it, it can't be like they're too conservative and then they're not conservative enough. It's just like, it the, that storyline and that narrative doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So I'm ultimately just hoping this isn't more than just tightness, Nick. And just, he can take all the time he needs because now you've got, you know, the, the scary hours won't truly be there. Uh, there'll be scary minutes uh, when Kevin Durant does come back, um, hopefully uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans, but if not against the Lakers. And then you've got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant there. This is what or having that quote-unquote superstar insurance, uh, it, it's all about. Yeah, it really is, Jack. And I think, you know, hopefully Harden honestly sits out Wednesday, you know, give him some extra rest for that hamstring because then the Nets don't play again until Saturday. You know what I mean? Then you can afford to get him some extra rest. And the hamstring thing, like you said, luckily nothing on the scan, probably just like maybe an extremely sore muscle, like you said, some tightness there. And he's had a crazy workload. He's obviously led this team with the injuries to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving obviously missing time. So it could almost be a blessing in disguise to the extent is this the only way you're going to get James Harden to rest his body a little bit. And the nice thing is it's like a nice mini break before the postseason. You know what I mean? The playoffs are going to be here right around the corner. Afford to get James Harden maybe a week off. I think that could be really big for him going into the postseason. Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously just conservative. Again, tightness is – a lot of people were sort of arguing about the fact that Kevin Durant's injury. Why, why isn't he coming back? When is he coming back? And now we're sort of hearing the news that, you know, obviously Steve Nash doesn't want to confirm a timeline because he doesn't want to put that pressure on his players. But, you know, we know that he's going to be coming back sooner rather than later. We saw him putting up shots looking like the, the Kevin Durant of old, you know, looking pretty goddamn wet out there. You know, Christian Winfield was sort of saying that he barely saw him miss – 
uh, in those yeah. pre-game warm-ups. So I think KD is going to be fine when he does come back. Let James Harden take all the time that he needs. We've still got 20, 20 or so games left in this season. And as long as he gets five or so games, you know, five, 10 games, he'll have to sort of get those, that conditioning going as well. But James Harden's a warrior and, and he's an athlete and, and he's incredibly durable. So I think this could, again, maybe a blessing in disguise as we sort of alluded to, Nick. But ultimately, as long as it's tightness and it's not a tear, um, it's, a, it's a lot more positive. Yeah, and obviously the you know the turnaround is going to be a lot quicker, and you know you want to see the other guys get back. Blake Griffin should be back for the next game. It just seems like he's not going to play any back-to-backs this season, which I think is the right move for the Nets. We talked about Shamit re-injuring that ankle. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him maybe over the weekend. I wouldn't mind also if they took that longer approach with him, but it'd be interesting to see because Tyler Johnson, Steve Nash, that'll probably be out two to three weeks. So then the guard depth gets a little shaky if you do have Harden, Johnson and sham it all out on an extended stretch. Definitely. And, and look, I want to give a shout out to Jeff Green again, Nick, because NBA Central put out uh, a, a pretty nice little stat of him. His last three games, 23 points, four rebounds and a block, 21 points, 58% from the field, four three-pointers made, 21 points, eight rebounds, five three-pointers made. We did hear as well, Nick, you know, he got asked about it in the post-game presser. What's with all these three-pointers being made, Jeff? And he's like, I'm practicing, guys. This is something that I work on. And, yeah. you know, he deserves a, a, a ton of credit. I don't think that... You know, everyone's arguing about LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, oh, the league is broken, blah, blah, blah. Jeff Green on a minimum contract. That's what a lot of opposing fans should be angry about. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, that that could be, you know, one of the Nets' biggest tools in the postseason, just that versatility he has, because we saw him match up pretty well with Julius Randle tonight. Yeah, incredibly strong defensively, uh, an absolute beast offensively, playing like a man 10 years his youth. Uh, absolutely awesome stuff from Jeff Green. And, you know, hopefully... Ultimately, Nick, you know, things are okay in Brooklyn Nets land. They are perfect. The scary hours haven't been totally activated. We're getting minutes. We're getting seconds every now and then. Kyrie Irving has has been incredible of late. We've had James Harden had to step up. Kevin Durant has provided, you know, his sort of highlights in the early parts of the season. As long as we get all these guys healthy, I think that the ultimate uh, competitor to the Brooklyn Nets success is going to be themselves. Yeah, it really is. Obviously, you know, they're an extremely talented team. And we saw some rumblings on Twitter about people talking about even possible Spencer Dewey return. If that were to happen, you know, this now I think you start entering a different conversation about where this team could rank all time. Obviously, we need to see them all healthy on the court to get to that conversation. But things are okay, like you said, Jack, at Brooklyn. And the future looks like it can be really, really exciting. And by the future, I mean the next few weeks. Yeah, the future is bright. And, you know, one game at a time, the Pelicans will be next. KD in the black and white will be pretty bloody good when he is out there again. Kyrie Irving's talking up the jersey swag of the Brooklyn Nets. I love it when he does that. You know, he yeah. did it against the Boston Celtics. We live, baby. Talking yeah. about, you know, get the Basquiat jerseys. You know, I, I just love how, how Kyrie Irving has such a passion just for the franchise. You know, mm. you can tell that he's like a homegrown kid. And it's sort of like he is a fan that gets to play for his homegrown team. And he can't help but love that. He provides the vibes. He provides the energy. Uh, it's infectious, man. Yeah, and I think this you can tell in some of these Knicks games, you know, he let, brings that little extra energy to get the W there. It means probably a little bit more than him than some of the other guys on the team. Goddamn car time. <laughs> Jack, anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? 
Look, uh, I think that all the points were sort of made, Nick, about this Brooklyn Nets team going forward. You know, you solidify that number one spot after the the, the Sixers have a night off. You know, Joel Embiid is looking good. I think that we want to maintain the first or the second seed. The Bucks are in some good form, you know, and they'll probably be on some good energy after signing Drew Holiday to that big extension. You, know, you, you don't want to face both of those teams in the postseason. Both of them are incredibly talented teams. And then, you know, if you've got a Miami Heat or a Boston Celtics or a Charlotte Hornets, whoever else it is, you want to give your, yourself the best chance of having the best postseason run and ultimately it's all about the health Nick as we've alluded to plenty of times about this team James Harden hamstring tightness not necessarily the worst thing in the world Kevin Durant coming back sooner rather than later man I just want to see these three guys out there because it's been seven games you know we've been teased by it a, a lot Nick it's just like you know it's like you're allowed to have like half the packet of chips where it's just like I'm hungry you know I yeah. want the burger I want everything give me the dessert give me the milkshake and it's just like no nah, you guys can just have the onion rings for now yeah, it's like when you're at the mall and they're handing out samples and you only get the sample of it because it's just such a small taste. Because like you said, Jack, I mean, it's going to be extremely exciting when this team is fully healthy. And I'm not only obviously intrigued to see them on the court, but I'm intrigued to see what Steve Nash does with the rotations and who plays and who doesn't and how they kind of match up. Because you want to make sure you have some counters, some different lineups, some adjustments you can make for the postseason. So hopefully they get a little, they get healthier sooner than later. That's all that matters, Nick. 100%. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out on all stream platforms. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.